Hey Blackhawks fans, Chris Vosters here and welcome to the latest episode of Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks presented by ChevyDrivesChicago.com, drive what Kane and Taves drive. Speaking of Jonathan Taves, coming up on the podcast, we'll talk with the captain himself. We also recap the past week's events and look forward to the much-anticipated father's trip to Southern California. Much more coming up on the podcast, presented by ChevyDrivesChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. And welcome in. I am delighted to be joined by Kaylee Chelios on this week's episode of the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. Kaylee, hello. How are you? Hi, Chris. It's great to get some one-on-one time with you this week. It is. It is. You know, we kind of had some one-on-one time over the weekend in Winnipeg. I mean, that was uh, that was a, a short trip, but did you have the chance to partake in any Canadian-related activities or uh, try any Canadian-related foods or snacks? Uh, I wish I did, but I feel like you and I were both being lazy Canadian <laughs> visitors. We did room service Friday night, attempted to get dinner, failed. And then uh, we had the matinee in the morning. So I will say, I think I got my first good night of sleep in a long time, having two kids in the hotel. So I'm not going to complain. How was your night? Room service as well. You're right. However, I do feel that I I can stamp my passport credibly because I did take a bag of Lay's ketchup chips off the plane through customs and, and back into the United States. I, I will say that I love ketchup chips. Got to be my favorite Canadian snack. And I think they would fly off the shelves if they were offered here in the United States. But, you know, it's, a, it's just a good treat when you go north of the border. I don't like them in particular, but I could smell them all up and down the plane. <laughs> Everybody was getting after it, and I, I suppose you were one of the, the leaders in that. So I, I like that everybody likes ketchup chips, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry if the smell was bothersome to you. Um, it was I, nice. I can... It smelled like okay. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being a good sport about that. Uh, you know, never a dull moment when it comes to, to covering the NHL and, and especially the Blackhawks. You know, in, in that Winnipeg game, we saw, believe it or not, the fourth goalie of the season for the Blackhawks take his turn in net. And it was it was unexpected. It was Dylan Wells who came in for the injured Arvid Soderblom to start the third period. Dylan Wells, not a guy expected to, frankly, be anywhere close to the NHL roster at the start of the season, but with injuries really ransacking that position group, here he is. And, uh, you know, I thought, he did, I thought he did pretty well. That's a good Winnipeg Jets offense, and he only allowed one goal, and it, it really wasn't his fault by any means. I, I thought Dylan Wells did a really good job in, in certainly unexpected circumstances. So I made the mistake on air of thinking, because we weren't told that Soderblom was injured. I thought that this was just a coach's decision. They were down. They were getting beat pretty bad. I thought Richardson was just trying to send a message. And John Weideman made a great point, too, that this might be the only time Dylan Wells ever gets to see an NHL game. And they're already down two of their, two of their starters, they don't want to injure Sutterbloom in a game that they're getting crushed in anyway as it is. So I kind of thought that's what was happening. And having said that, he let in one power play goal on, again, another seam pass that goes through to Nate Schmidt. Nothing he can really do on that. And then he made 12 or 13 saves the rest of the game. So you're right, Chris. I thought it was a awesome moment for him 
Jake McCabe gives him the gives him the puck right after, and he performed really well. Who knows? I mean, his his numbers weren't great going into the game. High, I mean, there weren't high expectations, and yet I think he he definitely exceeded all of ours and did a great job in net for them when they needed him. So it was impressive to watch. Well, that's very honest of you to kind of take us into how things went down from your perspective as far as learning the goalie situation on the broadcast. It it certainly caught me by surprise, too. However, not to brag, there are some perks to calling a game with Troy Murray because he knew, like, (laughs) you know, right before we were coming back on air to start the third period, he got wind from one of the athletic trainers that that Soderblom was not coming back into the game. And and so fortunately, he was able to alert our producer, Mitch Kersner, who got cameras on Dylan Wells warming up in the tunnel before the start of that third period. But it was still very abrupt for us on the TV side. There was a really touching moment, too, after the game ended. And again, it was was, was a 4-0 loss for the Blackhawks. But the team came out and sort of processed in front of Dylan Wells from the from the Blackhawks bench, just giving him kudos for a job well done in his first NHL appearance. And, you know, Troy and I were talking about this on the air, Kaylee. It's, it's a really select group of people to have ever played in an NHL game. The number is only a, a little over 8,000 people in world history have ever played in an NHL game. So it's a very select club that... Dylan Wells is is now a part of and we actually saw a similar situation play out in the league with another organization the the Toronto Maple Leafs they called up a goalie from the NHL by the name of Keith Petrozelli again similar situation injured goaltender at the at the NHL level so the minor leagues get the call and there was a, a really cool video that went viral of the moment when Keith Petrozelli found out that he was getting called up to to play in the AHL and you know that Dylan Wells had a very similar moment like that and and you know again so much work goes into these careers just to have the chance to 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 play in an in an NHL game that to see a dream come true as cliche as that sounds it's uh, it's really touching you're absolutely right, Chris. It reminds me of all those videos that go viral of the college athletes that finally get a scholarship. And you're you're right. It's such a small number of players that ever actually make it into the NHL. And like anybody, if you're playing in the NHL, is a good hockey player. I mean, you are. There's no doubt in that. So for him, in my mind, what a cool thought process that was that Richardson did. <laughs> um having not known that Soderblom was actually not feeling well. But either way, um, really, really cool for him and Petrozelli as well for the Marlies to get that call up. Both will probably be short-lived as Peter Mrazek for the Blackhawks seems like he's doing well in his progression and should join the team on the upcoming father's trip. And then on the other side of things, Murray for the Toronto Maple Leafs looks like he's going to be practicing and get back in that too. But those little moments uh, are big emotional moments for players, for teammates. They can really bring guys up. And after a loss like that, that was definitely single-handedly the biggest and maybe the only bright spot that came out of losing uh, in what was maybe be a loss that we saw coming. They were kind of due for one like that after how many good games they'd played tight games they'd played that was a really uh big and exciting moment for Dylan Walms and, and his family too totally and and his reaction was great 
he had a lot of media attention before and after the game. It was, it was just cool seeing him walk onto the team playing. I mean, he could hardly keep the smile off his face, and, and I, I don't blame him. And I, I understand how he feels in a, in a sense. I mean, I, I remember when I went on the team playing for the first time for my first Blackhawks game. Funny enough, it was one year ago to Winnipeg to play the Jets. Um, it, it's a it's a thrill. It really is. And yeah. and uh, it, it was it was just a, a really a feel good moment uh, involving Dylan Wells. And, and certainly hopefully there's more in store for him at the at the NHL level going forward. Well, uh, and, a, and a lot of times I, oh, I was going to say too, Chris, a lot of times they don't know. Right. So like a lot of times coaches will tell the players when they're going to go in for a game like that so that their families can fly in and give them some time to get in there, but it's, it's gotta be even more of a rush to not expect to have to go in and then be thrown into the fire. Just like Wells was in Petrozelli. Yes, totally. Uh, and, and you mentioned goaltender, Peter Morasic coming back. His, his return is now imminent from a groin injury. Uh, but you said something coming back for the father's trip. Uh, I think <laughs> that would be a good time to tell the audience what, uh, what exactly that's about. So what, what's, uh, what's the father's trip? about Kaylee it's crazy the father's <laughs> trip's crazy it is so fun I've gone on when I was in Tampa Bay I went on pretty much every father's trip they usually pick great cities so this year the Hawks are going to be going to LA they'll play the Kings in Anaheim but I think it's four days so plenty of time to get acclimated stretch your legs hit up the bars it's it's definitely one of the best trips like from a player's perspective and they'll all tell you in their interviews, but to be able to bring their dad on a private plane that's stocked with food and drinks and then put him in a five-star hotel, it's like the one one time a year that the fathers get to join them on the road, see what it's like to be an NHL player, and the players will all say, like, all the years that they spent driving me to the rink and doing all that, this is finally a great time to be able to pay them back. Some of these fathers, like Kane and Taze, have now gone on, I don't know how many I'm eager to hear, <laughs> but it, it never gets old, and it's a, it's a good time. They definitely kick their feet up and let loose, for sure. I'm very eager to meet all these dads. It's a new group of dads for me, and it's such a great way to get to know their sons better. It's really like take your dad to work week, yes. and I, I know that my dad, and, and, and me as well, I was thrilled to just invite, get to invite my dad on the father's trip. And I know he's really excited. And listen, this guy has, you could probably count on one hand the number of times my dad has gone clothes shopping for himself. But you can add the father's trip to that list. I mean, the guy went out, he's got new shoes, he's got new pants. So I actually think my dad is probably going to look... I think his fits might even be better than mine, uh, as hard as that is to admit on the, Maybe on the he trip. He can borrow so. your Gucci's. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he, I saw, I like, I saw some of the, some of the outfits that he's put together, uh, and, and some of the new shoes that he's gotten. I'm like, dad, that's actually cool. Uh, so I don't know. He might, uh, he might, he might one up me on, on the father's trip. Well, you'll, you, you can be the judge of that, Kaylee. You can be brutally I'll, honest I'll with me. I'll definitely <laughs> judge your guys' outfits. I'd love to, but dad's stepping one up. You got to bring out the Gucci's for the dad's trip. That's the fun thing too, is all the dads come from like smaller towns or not flashy. Like I, I fly private jets very often. So it's every time it seems like they're kind of taken aback. I cannot wait to meet your dad, though, Chris, and get to know Mr. Vosters a bit better. I'm so excited. 
What's he he's, like? He's fired up. Well, he's so he's a he's a physician and actually a, a sports medicine doc as well. So he's oh. he's really excited to meet <laughs> Dr. Terry. Uh, the the Blackhawks team <laughs> physician and Mike Gapsky, the the athletic trainer mm-hmm. of over thirty five years. So uh, that's kind of like where you know my dad kind of kind of geeks out when it comes to the comes to the medical stuff. He's been a a family practice sports medicine doctor for as long as I've been alive. So, um, but but he's he's looking forward. You know he's uh, he's a new hockey dad, relatively speaking. So he's looking forward to learning more about the game and. And certainly being around some some hockey lifers will be a, a great experience for him, some great exposure to to the game for him. So uh, I'm I'm excited for him, as a matter of fact. I'm excited for him and I'm excited for Dr. Terry. I've never heard anybody say that they were <laughs> so excited to meet the medical staff uh, on their way to a team trip. So go go, Mr. Vosters. That's awesome. What uh, yeah, whatever 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 you want, Dad. Whatever I can whatever I can help you with. Just, uh, <laughs> however I can make the father's trip I'm up. Sure they'll exchange a lot of medical <laughs> stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's its own language. That's uh that that's for sure. Uh, how about your dad? I mean, your dad has certainly been a, been a part of a lot of a lot of father's trips, but uh, yes. you know, as you said, they never get old, right? They never get old. They're all different, and the cool thing too is they all come from different countries, different places. So there's Russian, there's Swedish. My dad's dad was Greek, and um, I think my dad definitely took after him in the life of the party vibe. They just never stopped partying. So. When he came on, I think he thought it was like his trip. My dad's dad, like everything was about him. He's just, he's funny. He was super Greek, super cool. Um, I'd love to, now that I'm older, hear more of the stories that went on on the dad's trips, but such a cool way to give back. And my dad will be in LA. Actually, there's a sponsorship event where he's hosting a dinner at his house um, in Malibu. So hoping to sneak away and maybe bring him around some of the other dads for the Hawks and get good dad jokes and good dad stories going. <laughs> so I know he'll be the tannest dad by far. Well, he, <laughs> tan, tan or not, he's a, he's a great ambassador to, to the team. That's for sure. In, in really whatever function is, uh, is asked of him, the great Chris Chelios, of course. Your grandpa, did he bring Uzo on uh, on any of the dad trips? Oh, definitely. He definitely <laughs> brought everything. And, like, I remember even before on Dad's trip, I've gone on a lot of the Russian players whose dads maybe didn't know that there was booze on the plane for them. Like, they would bring their own little – I forgot what the name of it is. but And they would just sip all the way on their own. Like a not flask or something? A whole flask, yeah, like wow. a whole flask and just get after it on the way there. So – they definitely open up, but yeah, my grandfather was a a king on those flights. <laughs> I I, uh, I can only imagine. I I hope you uh, whether it's on the podcast or not. I hope you can uh, share any fun stories that you that you hear about with me. That uh, that sounds that sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty lit. I'll uh, gather some when we're there, and then maybe next time we'll divulge everything that happened on the dad's trip. Ten <laughs> four. That that uh, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. Yeah, they've been on plenty of dad trips before. Their, their fathers have been on plenty of dad trips before. But I would imagine it uh, it never gets old for them either. And Kaylee, you had the opportunity to to sit down with the captain in a one on one conversation. And we're uh, up at that moment in the podcast now. We're about to air that conversation. But as far as a tease goes, uh, anything that we should keep our ears peeled for in your conversation with Jonathan Taves? We were all over the map. We talked about 
perspective after a year away from the game a couple seasons ago. We talked The Office, Jim and Pam situation. We talked concerts, wellness, routines, meditation. We got the whole scoop from uh, Jonathan Tate, so I think you're going to enjoy what you have to hear. Yeah, and, and fans will will soon find out if they haven't already that it doesn't take long for Kaylee Chelios to work in an office reference to any conversation, no matter who she's talking to. So I'm not surprised to find out that, that the office came up when you were talking with the captain, Jonathan Taves. Uh, and, and for the record, I know that you're not asking me, but I will say that I am of the opinion that Pam is more America's sweetheart as opposed to devil in disguise i'm uh, i'm pro pam in that now I, I think that that really caught him off guard i will say he was very taken aback that that was even a a thought and i understand your perspective i also feel like i am part of the office like i feel like i am in the office with how much i've watched this show over the last eight years <laughs> so it has very much bothered me the some of the little things that pam has done over the course of her relationship, getting to where her, her and Jim, I will say I love Pam, America's sweetheart for sure, but they're, her antics while Jim put himself out there and she just denied, rejected, and withdrew for years just drove me crazy. So I don't think Taze had any idea what I was talking about, but his reaction was pretty funny. <laughs> well, without further ado, here is Kaylee Chelios with Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves. Johnny, the team's got off to a great start, exceeded a lot of media's expectations. What do you attribute to the success and where are you guys finding your confidence right now in your game? Well, I think just the fact that there hasn't been much expectation coming into the year helps a lot. I think, um, you know, it's been a number of years now that the turnover of new guys coming into the room, it's just, it's just keeps happening every off season and it is what it is. So it's never easy, but I think uh, at this point we got a bunch of guys who um, really have experience in being good teammates and knowing how to be a part of a, an NHL team and what it takes to win at this level. So I think there's just been that feeling of commitment to each other from uh, the start of the season until now, and uh, we're having fun on and off the ice, which I think is huge, and it's translating into just going out there and playing a good team game, and um, we're getting the bounces. So it's I think it's... A lot of success, a lot of excitement. We're having fun. and There's a lot there that we can build on. Well, it's showing for you. Seven goals in the first 11 games, even in 16 seasons, still achieving milestones. The most goals to start a season for you. How do you feel about where your game is at physically and, and obviously having a lot of success on the ice? Yeah, I guess um, I've never been one of those guys who can figure things out and have uh, success and score in October, November, always seemed like those months where I was a bit snake bitten, maybe uh, coming in really prepared and high expectations and ready to ready to go and then, you know, just maybe squeezing the stick a little bit too much. So I think this year it's been nice to just relax and play hockey and just feeling, feeling lucky and um, feeling like I'm getting those bounces and, and working for them. And, and it's nice to see them go in for sure. So um, it's early in the season, so Hope to see that keep uh, going that way. You mentioned that last year was maybe the hardest part or one of the most challenging years of your career. And then obviously the, the year before, not playing for an entire year. What kind of perspective do you have from both of those years now, you know, as you take the summer and the off season to get ready for what's now year 16? Yeah, I think it's, 
I'm, I mean, I don't know. It's just growing up and maturing as a person, as a player, and um, you know, I think that competitive nature, that, that drive of just kind of doing everything, whatever it takes to get where I need to go, um, is one of those things that's just not. It's got me this far, and it's not getting me where I need to go from here. So um, it's more of a mentality of just uh, patience and being in the moment and, and finding that. Uh, ability to think the game and feel the game a little bit better. Um, so yeah, I mean, the last few years were, were definitely frustrating, but it was a good time to kind of uh, just assess and learn from it. And uh, not only learn about uh, my health and my body, my performance, but also how I approach the game from a, a mental and kind of emotion, emotional approach. And um, so in a lot of ways on an individual level, it, uh, it's helped me uh, kind of grow as a person through that so um, you know it's it's just one of those things that you get older and you go through and you get better from it. It was a long time to be away from hockey to be battling your health like what were those first like one two three days like of 2020 the uncertainty and then how where you are right now you know like what you were thinking in those first three days where you weren't going to play the entire season and now again, achieving milestones in, in year 16 and making an incredible comeback. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost hard to put myself back in that situation because it was just so different. Um, but no doubt when you've been playing hockey or you've been doing one thing since you were five years old, there's a tendency to really kind of uh, grab a hold and, and become attached to that. And it was obviously a big part of who I, who I am and who I was. And I think that you could say that a lot of, about a lot of guys that are playing hockey at this level. And um, so, yeah, it was definitely scary and, and, uh, and not and very challenging to feel like it was all falling apart. And uh, the one thing that I was good at uh, just was nothing was going my way. So you just, this definitely an experience of kind of losing all control over that and just having to relax into, um, you know, what's next? What's the challenge I need to face today? And how do I not look too far ahead and just, just handle what's in front of me? So um, that's the only choice I really had at that point. And, you know, there was never really um, a mentality of <clears throat> not playing that entire season, but I was kind of at the time happy and proud of my commitment to just be like, you know what, I'm, I just got to take this time for myself until I feel really good. I'm able to go out and play inspired hockey again, really enjoy the game. So I was happy I was able to take that decision, put myself, uh, my own health ahead of anything else. Yeah, I can't imagine the pressure that you probably felt as the captain too. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Who was your constant support or what was your constant support during that time and into now just to help you get through all that? Well, certainly my family. Um, you know, I have a couple friends um, away from the game as well who just helped me keep perspective on it all. And um, yeah, it was just a lot of uh, introspection, I guess, over, the, over that time where it was just good to get away from the game and just um, put myself first for once. Well, great start so far and a busy off season. Uh, I want to ask you about your training going into this season. Like when I interview players, they talk a lot about being more explosive, mobility, range of motion. What did you focus on this summer to be able to get ready? All that? 
Yeah, it's like one of those things when you hit 30, it changes a little bit. Um, a lot more mobility, a lot more just trying to regain that athleticism. And, and you know, the game is so fast nowadays. And it's, it's, I remember when I was 18, 19, 20, all the trainers were telling me to gain weight and get stronger. And, um, you know, because you got the, the old Chris Chelios is a, a, of those days who are, you know, going to make you feel it in the corner, the corners for sure. So you got to be strong. And nowadays it's, it's more about speed and agility. And um, so just trying to uh, stay athletic and, and flexible and especially in the hips and back, all that stuff that takes a, a toll, uh, you know, skating hard all those years. So that was the main focus and kind of going from there as far as strength and conditioning. Is there anything in your past that hasn't worked for you training-wise or things that you you stay away from nowadays? I would say the only thing is really um, lifting too much weight and getting stronger in a way where you're kind of losing that ability to move. Um, yeah, that's the one thing I stay away from because if you're not getting stronger but staying athletic, staying uh, able to move the right way on the ice and there's not really po a point to do it I feel like and it's uh it's work you're working against yourself if you do that too much. What about nutrition in the last three years I'm sure you've learned a lot about your body your health how is your the way you eat and your wellness in that sense changed what do you eat? <laughs> um pretty simple pretty simply honestly um just a lot of vegetables some starch some protein just Keeping things simple, I think the biggest thing for me, again, having gone through what I went through, is just the focus on um, the immune system and your stomach and your digestion and, and everything kind of stems from there. So on that, I'm not going to share too many things. <laughs> so will you tell us your wellness, like your routine? If you wake up, go to practice or game day, what does your morning routine look like? Do you implement any kind of wellness tips or tricks? No, nothing other than um, just drinking water, maybe some magnesium and electrolytes, stuff like that in the morning. Um, I think for me, especially starting the day, it's not has nothing to do with nutrition really, but I think meditation has been a big part of that, just starting the day off right and getting yourself in a place where um, you know, you're just in a good mood and connected to yourself and just ready to enjoy the day. So I think that's always the way I like to start things off. Do you do that through an app or just on your own? Mostly. Are you pretty good at it? <laughs> I feel like it's really hard not to know. think about it's anything when you're meditating. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, what about uh, regular day-to-day? -day? Like when you think about yourself as a rookie, 20 years old, you go to practice, come home, maybe play video games, shop. What do you do now on your off days? What does it look like? No. Similar? <laughs> so, yeah, it's probably more boring than when I was 20 playing video games every day. I don't know. I feel like there's always stuff to do around the house or things going on with a team or phone calls um, you know maybe just relaxing too walking around Lincoln Park just uh, listening to music things like that just trying to uh, get my mind off of hockey a little bit and just you know just decompress a little bit. Big concert goer I've sure. unintentionally sure. run into you at two yeah. this summer what did you think of Metallica? I liked it. I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it's not like, I mean, I love Metallica, but it's not like what you're going to, I mean, <laughs> it might be what you turn on the car on the way here when you're driving to, to work in the morning, but. Um, Is that what you would listen to? No, <laughs> That's not what I not listen every to. day, not every day, but you know, for guys, and I want to say they're in their sixties. I was, I was pretty impressed. It was crazy. Yeah. 
Do you watch Stranger Things? I do not. Oh. I saw the first season. That was it. So. Okay. Sorry. Is there any TV shows that you binge? Are you more books? What do you like to do in your spare time? Um, what have I been binging? I guess Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know why I keep, I keep watching yeah. that show. It's an oldie but a goodie. You like it? Yes, I do. Okay. I love it. Did you watch The Office? I did, yeah. All like pretty intensely? I mean, it's, like, yeah. I mean, it's one of those shows that you can throw on anytime. What did you feel about the Pam debate? Did you think Pam was America's sweetheart? Or did you think she was kind of a devil in disguise with her relationship with Jim? I didn't know you that don't was have a strong I didn't opinion. I didn't know that was a debate, <laughs> yeah. but I think she's America's sweetheart. Okay. Is she not? I don't know. I, really? I feel like it's the other way. I, okay. I really don't think that she deserves Jim, but I love their relationship. Uh, see, I think yeah, you, that. You got to think for Jim, then, huh? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I, don't know. That's, that's I like is. Jim. I think Jim is the ultimate. Jim and Pam might be the ultimate TV couple for me. All right, good to know. Um, OK, so other than movies, shows, do you have any books or anything that you'd recommend for other people to get into? Um, I guess a book I'm reading now, it's taking me forever to get through, but it's really great. Uh, it was actually Brian Higgins, our team security, who gave it to me. Um, what's his name? Tim Kennedy. He's a mm -hmm. um, UFC fighter, Green Beret, just incredible story all around. I actually had the chance to meet him years ago. Don't I don't know him personally, but uh, pretty pretty special dude. So I kind of like books like that, that uh, people with uh, interesting stories. You said you watch the UFC a lot. Do you have any fighters that you're high on right now, or what other athletes do you like to tune into? Uh, no one right now. I mean, I was definitely intrigued by a guy like uh, Khabib and just trying to understand what made him so good. I think it's just such a brutal sport um, in a lot of ways and the stakes are so high so to me it's just always interesting to figure out what makes guys good uh, what they do so. I want to go back to concerts really quick. Okay, okay right. so you also saw Chris Stapleton. Sorry. What other concerts did you go to this summer? Um, the other two, I've actually seen them before. I was a big fan. It was Tosh Sultana. Never heard of her? Okay. That Lollapalooza? No. Oh. She was like small, uh, small theater somewhere on the north side. Okay, I'll look it up. In Odessa. I'm a big fan of as well. Is that techno? Yeah. Well, kind it's of. electronic. <laughs> like, oh, electronic? Techno or whatever. But EDM. Yeah. I think that's what we were trying to think of. I haven't seen Odessa either. Uh, like what's probably one of your most memorable, I would imagine you've seen and maybe met some pretty cool artists. What's one of your most memorable concerts or um, run-ins at a concert? Um, yeah, one of the coolest memories I would say was seeing the Tragically Hip at uh, the House of Blues. And not many people in the States know the hip, but uh, I mean, they're basically uh, rock legends in Canada and uh, got to meet their lead singer Gord Downey before he passed away and, and uh, you know he told us some stories of I guess he was a big Boston Bruins fan so seeing his Bruins uh, fall in 2013 was pretty tough on him but <laughs> it was just really cool to meet him in the band and, and obviously was a big fan before that as well. So what are you listening to on the rink on the way to the rink or on a game day morning probably changes. Yeah it's all over the place I kind of just do the like songs on Spotify and then just shuffle it and figure out what kind of mood I'm in, I guess. So. Okay. Kaylee, that was really interesting hearing about Jonathan Taves' music interests. 
Yeah, he's an avid concert goer, but I was pretty embarrassed. I had never heard of like three of the four bands that he mentioned, including like the Canada's rock legends. And then we both kind of had, I had like an old person moment when he mentioned Odessa, the electronic. And I was like, oh, it's techno. And he was like, I think it's more electronic. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, EDM, like total mom moment. Like I've been listening to Coco Melon and Elmo pretty much the last year and a half. (laughs) I didn't know who Odessa was. So (laughs) that was a little embarrassing, but we're both getting past it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a pass on that, Kaylee, and I'll also admit that my knowledge of Canadian rock music could certainly use uh, an, an upgrade and an update as well. So uh, consider yourself with some company there. Um, let's move on to sellies or chirps, shall we? It's the moment in the show where each of us bring a local story or relevant topic to the table and ask the group to celebrate or challenge it. Kaylee, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? I'll go first. I'm happy to go first here. So I'm going to go with my cellular chirp. I'm going to say chirp. Patrick Beverly is a point guard for the Los Angeles Kings. Or I'm sorry, (laughs) for the Lakers. All good? He's a basketball player. There are no (laughs) point guards in hockey. Um But he's from Chicago, so that's my Chicago local tie. And he was talking about how he spends, or barbers are now charging upwards of $300 a week to get lined up and get a haircut. And I was always wondering kind of how much money guys spend anyway on their hair. I spend $300, but I spend it every 12 weeks. So it kind of evens out a bit. So I went with a chirp, and he actually, Patrick Beverly, was like, I don't even get my hair done anymore out of principle. (laughs) So I wondered what you thought and what your hair expenses tend to be, Chris. Well, that that is fascinating background because, yes, over the last couple of seasons, I do follow the the NBA, relatively speaking. Obviously, hockey is is, uh, my, attracts my primary focus, but I do enjoy the NBA, and uh, and Patrick Beverly, yes, looks like he has not had a haircut in a long time. <laughs> I actually did not know that he was a Chicago guy, so thank you for enlightening me uh, on that. I, I actually quick pulled up his Wikipedia page, and it looks like he went to, to high school in the Aurora era area and uh, then went to play his college basketball at Arkansas. But another another NBA player with Chicago ties. It is a, it is a great basketball town, that's for sure. I got to side with with my man Pat Bev that uh, you know 300 bucks is is a lot for for a haircut, um, especially on a weekly basis. I mean, my goodness, I I, I get my haircut once a month and. Uh, Shout out to to Libby Taliber at Sinequan on in Westtown. She does a great job. She's she's worth every every cent. I pay seventy five bucks a month for for a haircut, and uh, you know I I don't like admitting that honestly because I feel like that's <laughs> way more than most people spend. But uh, hearing what hearing what what life is like for for Pat Bev, I guess I'm actually coming out coming out ahead. But three hundred bucks for especially for a touch up, that's a, that's a chirp for me for sure. Okay, I'm on board with that, and you kind of remind me of Ryan when he gets the big promo. You know, he gets the $200 <laughs> haircut and expects everyone to notice the difference. But you just proved to everybody that 75 is fine and adequate enough to get a nice new haircut, Chris. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna 
now show up to Blackhawks games with a uh, with a beard like Ryan, and and maybe uh, <laughs> or maybe I would be like Michael Scott copying Ryan uh, with the. I like that better since Ryan <laughs> ended up committing some criminal. <laughs> I can't remember what his app was or whatever he was doing. He was oh, he was uh, committing fraud. <laughs> yeah, committing fraud with uh, with like basically double counting online sales. Yes. Like yeah, so poor poor. Double, Ryan. We're double counting your views on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, that could, yeah. that could be what's next for you if you get a bigger haircut, Chris. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, I've hacked the algorithm, and uh, yeah, I'm going to end up in TikTok jail if I'm not careful. So yeah, good call. I'll have to watch out for that for sure. Uh, okay, my Cillian chirp is actually uh, related to the Powerball. Um, it it uh, you know record number uh, close to close to two billion dollars was the Powerball jackpot. And my question for you, Kaylee, is: Would you you know? So I guess like what would the what would the cellier the chirp be? Would you take a lump sum payout? If you if you were the Powerball winner, or would you take the annuity payout and and get paid out on an on an annual basis? Which uh, which would you do? I guess is my question for you. I'm so glad you've asked this because I'm a Powerball addict. I had an addiction to scratch offs for a long time. I definitely would take the lump sum. <laughs> I've thought about this many times, how I would win, where I would win, <laughs> on my couch, nobody around me, taking a lap in my backyard because I'm so excited. But I would take the lump sum and I would invest, put some away for my kids, and then you know do what I want to do with my money. And I would not take the, the what you're supposed to get annually. That's not really my route. So I did download the app recently, so I'm definitely going to be bleeding out more money with the Powerball so that I can play on my phone now without having to go to the gas station anymore. I felt like I was the last person to find that out. So what would you do, Chris? What would your be, your, be your Powerball dreams? I think um, – so I, I think I would take the lump sum as well. And part of me was thinking like, look uh, – you know, hopefully, knock on wood, I mean, we won't be in this inflationary cycle forever. But I mean, look, if it if it continues, then your your money is is losing value as time goes on, right? So I mean, take yes. the take the lump sum now. And I, I would I mean, invest, I would just reinvest 99% of it. Um, I mean, even yes. shoot, put it into like a into a government bond or something, something like that. And I mean, by the market, be, Chris. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and be and be set be set for life. So, um, but here's the other thing too, and I and I was listening, I was I was listening to uh, the radio the other day in the car, and they were talking about this. And uh, I know you you make fun of me for listening to the radio in the car, but I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing it again. It was and, a wild move. <laughs> yeah, and they were saying that look, if you win the Powerball. You really shouldn't tell anybody. I mean, be completely anonymous because you open yourself up. If you like go out and, you know, accept the press and attention and everything like that, you open yourself up to a lot of people who nefariously will come after your money. And it can kind of bleed you dry from lawyer expenses alone, just trying to protect your money from all the people who try and sue you for a piece of it. So, they, you know, really, I think like the best thing to do, it sounds like, is if, if you, if you win the Powerball, don't tell anybody, find a lawyer and, 
like, you know, take care of it first before you, you know, decide to announce if ever that, uh, that you have it, which is kind of a shame, right? And I mean, that would be really hard to do to keep that a secret. <laughs> I'm with you. I feel like we both, you listened to the radio. I had a conversation the other day. I've always thought, like, because I told you, I've won a lot in my head. And I'm always like, well, if I won from a gas station, like, what if I go to the gas station and I'm like, hey, I want $1.2 billion. Like, they're going to kill me on the spot. But you're so right. I learned yesterday that you don't go to the gas station where you got the winning ticket. You call a lawyer first. Then you go to wherever there's actually like a designated place that you can go to accept your money. They're not just going to direct deposit a couple bill into your, your uh, bank account the way in my head is what was happening. So that's a great point. Anonymity is important. Anonymity. Anonymity. Yes. Anonymity. Oh, Chris, (laughs) it's really early. Give me a break. This is like a Nemo situation. Anonymity. It's uh, it's hard to say. Hey, actually, not to get completely off topic here, but ask uh, for yeah. if you want a funny, if you want a funny joke, ask Troy Murphy to say one thousandth. <laughs> Troy Murray to say one thousandth. One, jeez, yeah. one thousandth. <laughs> ask him to say it because he can't, and it's really funny. It's oh, it's, I love uh, that. Okay, I feel a little bit better. I have confidence now. Anonymity. Shoot. <laughs> Anonymity. Say it's like you're. I think you're saying it with an extra N, and it should be with an M. Anonymity. 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 Yeah. Yes. Anonymity. There we go. It's crucial when you win the Powerball. So, um, hopefully, you and I win. I haven't checked my numbers, but I'm guessing I didn't based on nobody saying that somebody won yet. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, I guess we could make some kind of pact, like if one of us wins, you know, I'll tell you and, and you know, you can keep it secret for me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the best kept secret of my life, but I hope you win. I hope you give me a cut if you do win <laughs> for keeping your secret. You, that would be well, that would be well deserved, Kaylee, for sure. Okay. Uh, so yeah, consider, consider that done and, uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, any 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 kind of pocket change you can uh, throw my way when you win the the two bill, you, you know, I'll it. take. I'm gonna uh, buy some more tickets after this, just yeah, for this. I I think I think why we're, not? Yeah, we're kind of speaking it into existence here. I think is is where we're going. Um, listen, this has been a lot of fun. We are uh, just about out of time on the Blackhawks Insider Podcast's latest episode. We were talking about the father's trip earlier in the show, and that's definitely going to be part of next week's episode as well. Uh, Don't want to give away too many details, but Kaylee, I think a a father-son duo interview is going to be in the cards for next week. So that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, big time. I can't wait to get to know everybody. And you're right. We do have a really good father-son duo with a very entertaining and exciting lifestyle um, on this Blackhawks team. So you guys are going to really love hearing from them and all their stories because I've met met, uh, this father in particular a few times and I can't get enough of him. He's one of the most entertaining people and he just knows everybody. So I think we're going to get some good stuff, including the – goat in some eyes maybe not for you tom brady that's okay i i uh i i i'm okay with with putting tom brady in the in the goat position uh i'm i'm certainly a fan of his even though i am also a packers fan yes i know and and uh there's (laughs) a lot of dancing on my grave right now for bears fans and and deservedly so the packers stink this season but you know that's uh that's all good that's all good 
Any any final thoughts, Kaylee? We good we good to go. Looking forward to the to the trip to Southern California, and uh, we will uh, we'll, we'll we'll touch base at the rink and and certainly talk next week. I can't wait. I can't wait to meet your dad, Chris. That's the most uh, excited I am to meet one of the fathers so far, especially his interaction with Dr. Terry. I will uh, be sure to make sure that he says hello, Kaylee. Thank you. Thank you to our <laughs> listeners for tuning in. Thank you to our producers behind the scenes, Nick Song and Trevor Bray. Thank you to Carter Baum, who is being a, a very good American and voting today as we tape this podcast. Uh, we will hopefully have Colby Cohen back with us next week as well for at least a portion of the show. And again, be sure to tune in next week for the Blackhawks Insider Podcast Father's Trip Edition. One more thank you to Brad Dollar and Southside Jake for the music featured on this podcast. And remember, bookmarkblackhawks.com if you haven't already. Great place to go. More content always available on blackhawks.com. For Kaylee Chelios, I'm Chris Fosters. Thank you so much for listening to the Blackhawks Insider Podcast, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDrivesChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. Have a good week, everybody.